I just want to mention that Something Came From Baltimore is a labor of love podcast, and I am such a music fan. I am happy to share these interviews with you. However, it's an independent podcast. There's just no revenue stream attached to this project at this time. Hopefully someday, but not today. And I'm reaching out to you, the listeners, to tip and to help support our efforts. It's Cash App and Venmos, and it's available under the name Thomas Gauker, G-O-U-K-E-R. And if you don't have the money, and I know I don't either, I know times are tough, subscribe to the podcast. You make comments. And then you rate something came from Baltimore, a five, please. What this does, it helps drive future advertisers to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Something Came From Baltimore. I'm your host, Tom Gowker, and tonight on the phone, I have the bassist of the Go-Go Penguin, Nick Blacka. Go-Go Penguin is a genre buster, kind of jazz, EDM, and classical. They are funky with dark overtones. Their new album is self-titled, and it can be found on the Blue Note record, and this is their own personal revolver, and I suspect that Sgt. Pepper is on its way anytime soon. In 2018, I had the opportunity to speak with piano player Chris Illingworth at the release of A Humdrum Star. A Humdrum Star was voted our best album of the year of 2018 from Something Came From Baltimore. In 2019, the Manchester Trio, Chris, Nick, and Rob Turner on drums released an EP called Oceans in the Drop, music for film, where they removed the original score of Philip Glass from the 1982 documentary from the director, Godfrey Ruggiero. The documentary is called Koyanioski, and the band played it live to film in various cities across the world. June 5th is the release date of the self-titled album. And before we chat with Nick Blacka, let's first listen to F Minor Pixie. Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. Thanks for having me. Now, how are you doing with the COVID-19 quarantine? Is it different in Manchester? Um, well, I'm not sure what it's like in the States, but um, it's probably not too different. We're, we're all still in lockdown. There's, um, you know, can go out for shopping and um, some exercise, but that's really what's the only thing that's recommended to do, so... It's going okay. Like I've, I go through moments of being like really thankful to have time to do things that I don't normally have time to do and be at home. But then there's also like, oh, well, not only is it really bad that, you know, there's thousands of people dying, which is awful. But, you know, like on, on, a, on a personal level, you know, it's you kind of up and down all the time. It, it, but, you know, I'm, we're just doing what we can. 
this album should have been out already. You guys pushed this back, correct? June 5th was not the original start date. Yeah, it should, it should have come out on the 1st of May. Mm. And I think when it, this all kicked in, everybody was just like, whoa, what do we do? And there was a lot of quick decisions had to be made, you know, involving uh, obviously cancelling shows and trying to postpone them, put them back to later in the year. And and also the, the album release. And uh, I think the logic behind it was... Um, I know there's a lot of online stuff now, but we were just thinking that record stores wouldn't be open. And we, we, you know, like a lot of people like to, a lot of our fans like to buy the physical copies. So it was like, well, let's push it back. But obviously that's not really made any difference because I don't, I don't see any record stores being open by next month. So it comes out on the 5th of June. Yeah. And it it means that we, we, we can, we sort of eked out a few more songs, so normally we wouldn't do four singles from the album, but we've we've, we've brought out another um, single from the album today. Wow, what was that? Because I know that there was three that it's already out. Which one did you release? It's called Don't Go. Okay, great. The yeah. One. The first three songs were very similar, and it made me feel that it was this album is going to be like a tribute to Philip Glass. You guys are just coming off your 2019 uh, reworking. Kuyana Skasi. How did you guys get involved in this project? Like create this idea or someone come to you? Um, kind of both, really. So it was a few, quite a few years ago now. Um, there was a, an arts sort of venue in Manchester being opened, uh, which involved uh, cinemas, theatres, restaurants, you know, and it, it's all kind of art house kind of stuff. And so that was opening in Manchester. So their idea was to get some Manchester bands and ask them if they wanted to do a live score to a silent film. So, and we could choose a film. So we we thought about it and we were going to do a Japanese film called A Page of Madness, actually, originally. And um, we couldn't get the, we couldn't find the person who owns the rights because it was so obscure as a movie. Um, and Robert, Rob, our drummer, has always been into Koinoskatsi. So he he was saying to the girl who was organising it and trying to find the rights so that we could do this, he was saying, well, I've always wanted to do Koinoskatsi. And uh, sort of almost half-joking, but, you know, a bit of an inquiry. And so they went and asked the, the, the right people, and we got the permission to do it. So we weren't really expecting that. And it's like, wow, now, now we've got to actually do this. So... It was a lot of work, but it was really rewarding in the end. And everywhere we've performed, because we, we perform live with the entire movie, um, and everywhere we've performed, the feedback's been great, and people have loved it. And, it, and it, you know, all the hard work really paid off on that. But so it, it was a bit of both, really. We we got approached about doing a project, and then it kind of blossomed into Koinoskatsi. We so we released an we released an EP last year called mm-hmm. Ocean in a Drop, which was um, four pieces of the or five I think pieces of the music from the movie, and they they were the ones that we thought best kind of stood up on their own without the images because it's different you know when you're composing music to images you kind of have that in mind and you know they work together, but when you when you separate them we were kind of thinking, well, I don't know if somebody would actually want to listen to this bit repeating for five minutes because it's not really interesting enough. So so we had to make some sort of choices on what we thought were the best examples of music that stood up on its own. 
And we get asked about it a lot online. There's always people saying, oh, I just want you to release Karina Skatsi and I loved your soundtrack, but I just, it's not possible really for rights reasons and stuff. Calling you the radio head of jazz. I think that's an actual cool compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a massive Radiohead fan, uh, yeah. as, we all, as we all are. So I think that, you know, we'll. I mean, these kind of descriptions aren't always the most helpful, but, you know, we'll definitely take that one as a com- compliment. I would say that that's a compliment. And that's where the, the Don't Go, the, the, the new song that you just released today. It's real moodier and atmospheric where we're not really familiar with that from this band. And Mm. when I heard that, to me, I was like, okay, this is where you are going to go with your next album. Like you are going into a more atmospheric space. I could be wrong. And also, I think this is your first bass solo. Yeah, well, it's kind of, it's a semi-improvised melody kind of thing. Yeah, so it's, um, that loop, we had like this, a piano loop thing and it was something that Rob had the drummer on uh, music software Ableton and so I took it away for the weekend and sort of um, came up with this sort of semi-improvised but hitting certain marker points with the bass melody and we, we thought it'd be better that the bass took this one because of the, the way that we've sort of affected the piano and and kind of changed the sound it's sort of like you want that timbre of the, of the bass so um, yeah, I guess it's the only one that sort of qualifies as a like traditional bass type solo on this album. Yeah. to me is just a funky dance record uh the drum and bass is just a straight up like r&b groove to it and then there is that piano loop that is similar to philip glass well that began with the piano loop and it was literally like 10 seconds and that was it that's all we had it's just like that that pattern once and it's like okay where we're gonna go with this and then maybe we don't do this very much we we have different methods of composing different songs but or you know cheap tracks but with this one we just kind of jammed it and um and it was only until like rob started playing that sort of like a uk garage beat actually it's sort of inspired by that kind of music it's then i started thinking more along the lines of not being a, a double bass player but trying to replicate like more sort of 
in the pocket kind of synthy bass that you'd find on a sort of dance track. So just trying to play nice, simple, melodic part with not too much variation, just sort of pin it down. And then it sort of grew from there, really. And uh, But I really like that track. It, it is just kind of a bouncy sort of, you know, like dancey kind of thing, more so than some of our others. And I know what you mean about the Philip Glass and the sort of arpeggiated piano pattern. Which we did quite a lot, a lot on this album. feels you're you're playing around with song structure and signal to the noise it starts out and then 230 it turns into a jam and then four minutes yeah it starts to pick up steam and kind of like plays with all the variations that you had before definitely an example of you guys you know playing with song structure that took a long time to come together that 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 one you, you get ones where it sort of rolls off and then other times you're banging your head against the wall for a while and because, like you say, the middle section, it, it's kind of quite, it's almost quite unconnected to the thing that comes before it and after it. And so we were trying to put all these ideas together. And and again, the, the opening section sort of was way different. And it, it was more lots more chords and stuff. And it just wasn't working. It was too dense. And, and again, we just sort of jammed it. And then I just started playing this bass line with, Rob's drum beat, and then we kind of changed the feel of it. But with the, the structure of the middle, that was just, we liked the idea of al almost the arrangement just sort of tipping like something had just kind of flipped and, th and then everything was different really. And and then sort of returned to it. And um, it, it's actually a few different ideas all thrown together really. The, the, the melody was a, a different melody that we had lying about. We even tried to do we recorded a version of it for the last album and it just wasn't working. You know, we just didn't have the idea properly formed and spent hours on it. And then when we got it back, listening to the, the, the recording, it's like, this isn't right. So we've kind of shelved it and that's now what's become signaling the noise. So I really like that tune as well. It's, it's, um, it's a bit different to a lot of the stuff we've done before, I think. Um, the next song is open, and I love the quality of the drum sound at the beginning and, and me untrained. I'm feeling that, you know, you fed the drum the drum beat into a computer and turned around and the sustain of that that um, sound of the drum when you hit it is being removed.
there's various sort of like yeah little crunchy effects and some distortion i think i can't remember the exact process that that they did in the studio on that but joe riser who is like the fourth member of kogo penguin he's a live sound engineer and he also co-produces and records the album all the albums together with another guy called Brendan Williams so it, it's like very much a, a little team a little family that we have and they, they normally come up with a lot of the ideas for that kind of thing because unsurprisingly that Rob had that beat which is pretty unconventional quite impressive but you know it's sort of a bit of a weird beat and originally he was playing it with drumsticks and so we're trying to you know come up with ideas around this beat and it's like it's just too overpowering so they suggested uh he played it on like mallets so more sort of an orchestral sort of um you know beta or whatever and then to do with the tuning of the drums and some effects he meant that it sort of brought the level of it down so it was still really prominent because i think it's a big feature of that track but it's not entirely overpowering and and yeah the, the the sound that they've eventually got from the, the kit it's it's great because it's a little bit unusual and really interesting there's also some electronica in the background that's a pedal actually that chris bought i can't remember what it's called a fate it feels like a shooting star of some sort yeah it kind of it actually samples very short parts of what's been played and then it sort of can play it back at you and sort of reverse things it's really cool so he got that with that in mind and, and then started to actually play some of the parts using that effect like almost like a call and answer sort of thing but yeah uh cora must you must have used that effect because as the the uh drum part at the beginning was unusual his, his piano playing is unusual at the beginning of the song i'm assuming it's a piano um, it is, yeah. Okay, that's a, a completely different sound. It is hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, it's funny. We started, or really, Chris, obviously, being the pianist, started doing it in, on man-made objects, and it sort of confused people a lot. Really, is that all it is is um, dampening the actual strings of the piano, so getting like a piece of foam. Like when we did uh, man-made objects, we did a track on that called Samara, and he used just like a. I don't know what they call it in the US, but they call it kitchen roll, like kitchen towel, you know, paper, and just got a roll of that and put that on the strings to dampen it. And everyone's like going, oh, he's playing a synth. And it's like, no, it's just it's just a technique on the on the, the acoustic grand piano. So for that, that that's how that's been created. Um, be, you feel like you have to constantly talk about your work, constantly like, oh, I keep on talking about it. Are you, do you get bored with that? Or do you feel like there's a lot of pressure for you guys to continually be creative and push yourself any pressure that we have is only from ourselves 
I mean, we're, we're signed to Blue Note, and essentially that's a major label because that's under the umbrella of Universal. But they've just always been really cool and just said, you know, do your thing, be experimental, don't don't worry, push things, and that nobody's ever put any pressure on us apart from ourselves, and and we just as long as we think we're we're sort of pushing a bit further every time, or um, taking things in the direction that we want to go, then that's fine. And obviously, talking about music, no, that's great. It's it's good. That that's what that's what we always wanted to do with our lives, and you know, people care, so we care. The, your press is making a big deal that this is a self-titled album. Like, this is the pinnacle of your work, and that's why you're calling it a self-titled album. I call this your revolver. Uh, I think that you have your Sgt. Pepper to come. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think that. Yeah. Well, again, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment because Revolver's a great a great uh, record. Yeah, but that, that's always the idea. We just need to keep developing and pushing on from where where we feel like we left off with the last one. And, and, and the label and the press, are, there seems to be, a, when we made this album, a lot of the record label when they first heard it said, oh, we think this is your best album. And that's open to interpretation. Like, we, we can think that and it'll come out and everyone will go, well, it's not as good as this or, or they're just doing this again or whatever. But you just need to have some conviction in, in what you think is the right way and sort of stick to it. So we're all really proud of it. And, you know, hopefully we can improve on it you know there's always room for improvement with everything uh the album is called go go penguin it's on the blue note records it's nick blacka thank you for speaking to me on something came from baltimore thanks for having me it's been a pleasure It's Tom Gowker, and I am the host of Something Came From Baltimore. Something Came From Baltimore is a words and music podcast, and it has famous and future famous artists. Artists like Sean Jones, Rupert Holmes, Auntie Hammy, Joey DeFrancesco, Go-Go Penguin, Joey Alexander, Bucanti, Gerald Albright, Paula Cole, and Kat Edmondson. It's music that matters. It's music for your ears. Listen and subscribe to Something Came From Baltimore and be a part of that Be More music scene.